Evening, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you. I'm uh, sitting in a recliner in northeast Arkansas. We just finished a weekend of chasing ducks and geese and seeing them by the thousands and shooting a few. Shot a lot of shells, shot a few ducks. Uh, had an incredible time. What a, what an incredible time spent with uh, just some uh, some good guys, good friends, made some new friends, met some new people. Uh, just just an incredible weekend for me. This has been um, something I haven't done. Actually, I've never done this particular thing before in my life. I've never gone on a guided hunt. We have guided some hunts before. Uh, we've done some things in the past in ministry and with our veterans and, and working with Peterson Outdoor Ministries and things of that nature. I've gone on many events, but to actually be the participant, to to be on a guided hunt, uh, a good friend of our ministry, a good friend of our of Rhonda and I and our family, uh, actually just blessed me with this trip and be able to come with him and a couple other guys uh, from, from his area. And uh, man, just had a, a great time. One of the guys, a pastor, uh, the other two guys I've known for a while and in other areas of ministry and uh, just a great time. They've just had a beautiful time. Met the, the guide and... Uh, uh, and his wife were, were just incredible people. They were awesome uh, to work with. They treated us great, uh, great food, great fellowship. And what is even better in this whole thing, we saw piles and piles of waterfowl. But the best part of this whole weekend was the actual time that, that God brought to, to be in fellowship with other believers, but also to be able to minister the word. I had an incredible time. Um, the the uh, the outfitter, um, I, I was able to share some message with him this morning. I actually shared a brief version of the duck call sermon. I gave him one of our Living Light Outdoors DVDs and I gave him one of our Living Light Outdoors duck calls and, and actually gave him a, 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 a brief presentation of the gospel of message that we use when we do the duck call sermon and uh, you know, just just felt like it's what I should do, and 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 obviously the call he'll he'll be able to use it if he wants to, or he can put it on his wall or whatever. The DVD's got some good stuff on it as well that's ministry related too. But in the process of all that, it opened up the doors of conversation. Uh, we spent a lot of time in a blind, in a pit blind, together, and I actually got to sit next to the guide to the outfitter and. And, and just shared lots of things, just bits and pieces of relational style ministry. And I believe that's what Jesus was. Jesus was very relational. Um, when he talked to farmers, what did he talk about? He talked about farming. When he talked to fishermen, what did he talk about? He talked about fishing. When he talked to tax collectors, what did he talk about? He talked about money. And I believe if Jesus been sitting in that duck blind with us this morning, what would he have talked about? He would have talked about duck hunting and creation and and, and, and how, how life goes when you're in the fellowship of other believers, that iron sharpening iron going on, and the opportunity to minister to each other throughout this entire weekend. And so with that, I want to share a message with you that I, that I titled tonight, Open Season. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 through 5, and I'm going to bring this to you in the Amplified like I usually do. It says, in ver starting with verse 2 of, of 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, and this is Paul. This is Paul's letter to Timothy. Um, I think some of the biblical stuff is it's likely his last letter to Timothy. But, but look at what it says here as he writes to Timothy. And Timothy was kind of Paul's protege. He sent 
uh, t- Paul sent Timothy out to churches to to encourage them, to help them, to minister to them uh, in times when, oftentimes, when Paul was in prison for preaching the gospel. Uh, but Timothy was was uh, someone he was training up. He was like a spiritual son to Paul. So so with that in mind, we're going to go into Second Timothy chapter four. We'll look at just three or uh, four, a couple three four scriptures here. Second uh, Timothy chapter two ver- through five, and starting with verse two, it says. Preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right, and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. Correct those who err in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who sin. Exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity, and with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching now that just that one scripture uh, just passage of scripture verse 2 carries with it such a powerful message we're we're to preach the gospel we're, we're to we're to minister to, at any given time when the time's right even when it's not right uh, but we're to keep a sense of urgency even when maybe the opportunity is is unfavorable or maybe it is favorable whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcomed or unwelcomed, I think that's a very important statement. We still must preach the word even when the message is unwelcome, even when someone doesn't want to hear it. It's, it's the message to warn those in sin, those who, who are, are wrong in their doctrine or in their behavior, but to warn those in sin, not, not condemn them, to warn them. In other words, to encourage them to go and sin no more. That's what Jesus did in all of his ministry. He encountered, he encountered sinful people. He ministered to them. He confronted their sin, and he left them with a choice to go and sin no more. We're to do this with, the, with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. We're, we're to encourage those who are growing or, or moving towards spiritual maturity, who, who know they need something else, we're to encourage that. We're to, we're to help them along life's path and their journey in, in, their, in their redemption story with Christ. Going on to verse, uh, chapter, or verse 3 of chapter 4. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and, and, and accurate instructions that challenges them with God's truth. But wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desire and support the errors that they hold. Now, we see this going on on a constant level today in this passage of Scripture here, verse 3. A time has come when, when people aren't tolerating sound doctrine. They're, they're bypassing truth. They're, 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 they're not taking in accurate instruction they're not taking in anything that'll challenge them with the truth of God's word because that's being it brings conviction they don't want no part of that and and because of that because of our society's shift and its entitlement and this selfishness that we have in our society then then we get bad-mouthed if we bring about God's truth you know i i've had more people argue with me over simple scripture than i've ever seen in my life I'm not going to argue with him. It's God's word, not mine. But, but look at what it says, that we'll accumulate for ourselves 
teachers that will just satisfy our desire and support our error, our wrong thinking, our, our wrong ways of life. And many, many, many ministers today do just that. They support this, this selfishness. And they tell people, oh, you know, you just live your life your way. You know, what? you, you just do the things that you feel you need to do. And, and you know, and, he, and there's one thing that's correct in that. You know, you'll stand before God in judgment. I don't have to judge you. Now, we were talking about that today in the duck blind. There's a, there a little meme that goes around on Facebook some that, that said, um, um, you don't have the right to judge me. And you're right. And, th and that meme says, only God can judge me. And you're exactly right. Only God can judge you and God will judge you. And that should scare you to death. Does it not? That God's going to judge you for who you are today? It goes on to verse, uh, verse four. It says, and, and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. Again, we're seeing this in a bold fashion today, this accepting of the unacceptable. There are things going on in our society, in our culture, that are being accepted today that have never in my history, in any history in the United States, in the history of this world, have ever been acceptable. We're, we're changing society's thoughts on what is unacceptable, and, and it's wrong. It's absolutely biblically, truthfully wrong. God's word is very plain on on every account. There, there's hardly anything that you can't find biblical reference to in a lifestyle. You think it's new? It's not new. It's been done before, and history is repeating itself. And, and Matthew, Jesus himself said, um, so as it was in the days of Noah, it shall be in the coming of the Son of Man. Think about that for a minute. How bad was it in the days of Noah? Yet we're seeing a, a reoccurrence of those things. And, and it's biblical. It's prophesied. So as it was in Noah's time, it will be when, when Jesus returns. It's going to get that bad. It's going to get bad enough where God said, that's it. I'm wiping them off the earth. I don't want nobody. I don't want mankind anymore because they've turned into such idiots. And then he sees Noah and his family, and that's the only ones he saves. It had to have been that bad. Verse 5 goes on to say this, But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and steady. Endure every hardship without flinching. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the duties of your ministry. Listen, we all have duties of ministry because we are all called to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to make followers of every people that we encounter, to, to make disciples, to, to lead them to Jesus is the command. We are to go into all the world and preach the truth, speak the truth to everyone that we encounter and lead them towards Christ. Now, some might ask this question, how this can apply to me in my everyday Christian walk when I don't have the opportunity to preach in a church service? The answer comes from a proper understanding 
of this word translated in, in our Bible as preach. The word translated preach is the Greek word uh, kiroxen. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but it's kiroxen, which simply means publish or proclaim openly. That's the word preach, to publish or write it down or proclaim it openly. See, when Paul tells Timothy to preach the word, the idea of a formal setting behind a pulpit or in a church service isn't present here. Nor does he say that a certain style of speech, preaching versus teaching versus normal conversation, there's no context of that in 2 Timothy. Any presentation of the truth of God's word is preaching. Therefore, only Christians can and should do this. You're a follower of Christ. It's your calling. God called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. As a follower of Christ, it's our duty to do such. We don't have to have a pulpit. We don't have to preach a sermon. We don't have to teach doctrine. We can have normal conversation about our story. Remember what we talked about? The, 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 the Bible says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's our surrender to Christ for his sacrifice on the cross and our story of redemption that will lead others to Jesus. Preaching or proclaiming the word can happen in, in an informal conversation. You can do it over coffee. You can do it in a formal counseling. Parents can proclaim the word over their children, around the dinner table, in the backyard, on a vacation, at the beach. The word can be proclaimed on TV, radio, internet, podcasts. The word can be proclaimed by books, magazine articles, email. The word can be proclaimed through Facebook posts and tweets. The word can be proclaimed through music and visual arts. The word can be proclaimed by a get well card to a sick friend that says, hey, I'm praying for you today. The word can be proclaimed by public billboard in a private telephone conversation. The word can be proclaimed by men, women, children of every age and station in life. And yes, the word can and should be proclaimed when, when we, the people, gather together in, in church gatherings, in corporate worship, uh, whether the pastor preaches from a, behind a pulpit in a tie and suit, or he sits on a stool wearing just a, a pair of slacks and a nice shirt and just talks to the congregation. I, I've proclaimed the gospel with a duck call, using a duck call as my prop. I, I've used ammunition as a prop. I've used turkey calls. I've used owl hooters. I've used all kinds of things to help me proclaim the gospel. And I've done it from, from a pulpit. I've done it from, from standing on a picnic table. I've done it sitting in a chair. I, I've preached the gospel in a duck blind as I did today. I shared and proclaimed the gospel. All of us are responsible to preach. That is to communicate God's word to others in whatever situation we find ourselves in with whatever tools of communication we can muster. Maybe it's a duck call. Maybe you're sitting in a duck blind, just having a normal conversation about things of this world. To preach the word in 2 Timothy simply means to communicate the truth of God's word. The verse goes on to tell us that we should be ready to do this when it's convenient and when it's not. In season and out of season, or as the NLT has it, whether the time is favorable or not. Perhaps one of the most convenient times 
is when faithful church members have gathered to hear their pastor preach. Perhaps one of the most inconvenient times is when a group of co-workers are gathered together around a water fountain. When it's inconvenient, we must proclaim the word with great patience, careful instruction, even when the situation calls for rebuke, even when it's not welcome. There is a popular saying among many Christians that is often probably incorrectly attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. I've, I've said this a lot. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Now, sometimes we take this to mean that we can just simply live God's truth before others and never actually explain it. And we should live a life that exemplifies Christ. That's what that passage means in preaching the word, even if you don't use words. Preach the gospel in your lifestyle. Others should look at you and say, that dude's different. That gal's different. There's something about them that's, that's, that's not normal in this world. There's something about them that, that is different than the norm of this world. See what I'm talking about? To, in, order, in order for us to think, preach the gospel, um, it, it would contradict the understanding of, of not actually explaining what it means. Our lives should never detract from God's word and our message Indeed, the Christian is called to live in such a way as to make the gospel look good, make the gospel attractive. We should be attracting people to Christ through our lifestyle. But ultimately, if the word of God is to be proclaimed, we must use words. Preach the gospel. Preach the word of God. Preach the truth. Speak the truth. Explain it. Proclaim it. Put it out there in whatever means necessary that you can bring your message of, of redemption of your story into the life of someone else so they too can have a grasp of what it means to truly live for Christ. It's open season. Duck season's come to a close. This is the last weekend for duck season here in Arkansas where we're at. It's coming to a close. But it's open season all year long to proclaim the gospel, to preach the word, to be ready when the time is right and even when it's not. This sense of urgency to spread the news, the good news, the message of Jesus Christ, of salvation, to lead others to Jesus. That's open constantly. And it should always be an open season for us. Speak the word. Thank you guys for, for listening. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Thank you for following us, supporting us on our journey. Uh, thank you for your financial support. If you want to support us financially, all of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. Uh, they're pinned right to the top of our Facebook page as well in our little story there. Uh, we are in the process of generating funds for a, a duck call drive. You'll see that in the, in the, in the links there on the, on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, we've sent out some emails. Uh, we need to generate a good portion of money to reorder duck calls, so I've got more to give away as this new season comes uh, so that we're ready, just like the word says, that we're ready in season and out to be able to preach this message whenever it's convenient and even when it's not convenient, even when it's not, no one wants to hear it, we're still going to bring this message. Support us if you can. Uh, on our Simple Give, there's a Simple Give link in our, in our uh, uh, website. On that Simple Give link, you'll see a sub fund that says Duck Call Drive. 
You can give to our general fund. You can give to our duck call drive, whichever you'd like to do. Know this, Rhonda and I love you. We're praying for you. We appreciate all your support. We thank you for following along on these messages and on our life of, of truly pursuing a life with Christ, seeking out that which is lost so that it may be found. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.